Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is the 16th of August, 2022. And joining us today, it is Denton Day of SiriusXM and the fan in D.C. We're going to talk about Nationals fan interest, his thoughts on the team, and more coming up after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here with Denton Day. This is a Locked On Nationals podcast. Denton, thank you for joining us. You are my colleague at SiriusXM, but also you are a big DC sports fan and you're a producer and you also you do updates over at 106.7 The Fan. So you have the pulse kind of, of, of the fans. First of all, thank you for being here. And how is your new gig? How long have you been at The Fan for, my friend? Uh, Josh, I appreciate you for uh, for having me. I- I've enjoyed my time there so far. I'm still relatively new. Like I look at the calendar, and I've really only been there for three months. But uh, I've gotten to do a bunch of things, gotten to work with a lot of great people, and uh, I agree. I do think I happen to have my uh, finger at least somewhat on the pulse of, of what our fan base, uh, not just with the Nats, but with all DC sports, is tending to think nowadays. So really, I mean, at this point, it's got to be trending towards commander's talk, right? I mean, it's probably all systems go on that front, right? Because obviously basketball is not happening. Hockey's not happening. The Nats are really bad. And the commanders are in camp. And look, you know, I'm not sure how good they're going to be this year. I think this division, I mean, this division yields, what's how many, five straight years of a new winner? In the, oh, um, I think it's more than that. It's more, a, yeah, a it's probably it's it's probably yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I mean, it gets handed off every single year. So I think you know there are some high expectations. Obviously, Carson Wentz coming in. I mean, is it all systems go on football, or is there any baseball stuff that's kind of lingering? I mean, it certainly is for me. You know, I fully transitioned to the Commanders. I did the pregame show for uh, the preseason game this weekend and helped out with the postgame show. I think we've sort of started transition there. I do wonder in a parallel universe of sorts, if you follow like butterfly effect and things of that nature, I wonder if Juan Soto wasn't traded, would there still be at least some kind of interest, like seeing if he could eclipse 40 homers or uh, some sort of statistic that could raise his eventual price? Maybe there would be some more interest there. But really what I feel like most Nationals fans have graduated towards, at least on social media, is looking at single A and double A and all these prospects that we got in the Juan Soto Hall, which in a way is exciting, but in another way is like very depressing that we are in the month of now August and we don't care about the main team. We care about all these these smaller teams with, you know, guys that are shooting footage on handheld cameras rather than like all the big fun cameras that you and I have had experience with in our broadcasting days. So uh, it is a bit depressing in that sense. So I think a lot of the fan base here locally, if you, if you are a fan of all of the teams, you've certainly transitioned much more to commanders. Yeah. It's, it's interesting as, as two people who work in sports radio, you know, you know, on both, both sides of things and have, have so in the past, you know, what we do at SiriusXM oftentimes is very specialized. Now, you and I both work on the ESPNU channel, so it is much more general. But you and I also work on the conference channels. I work on the Big 12. You guys can see it back there. Also, have the Lockdown Big 12. 
podcast. You work on the Big Ten side of things uh, a lot of the times. And that's like, it's focused no matter what. Like this Nationals podcast is a Nationals podcast. It's a Nationals podcast. But it's so interesting about like general sports radio in cities. I mean, if the Nats were good every single day, you guys probably be doing, you know, a lot of commanders. Yes. But talking about, you know, the performances the night previous, where the Nats are right now, you know, just for example, like the Braves last night, you know, got a good win against the Mets, 13 to one. They cut the lead to four and a half games. You know, they're still in a playoff spot. Like we'd be talking about that. But when you, when baseball teams suck, it's like, (laughs) all right, deadline's over, put it behind us. We're gone. You know, that's kind of the way it is, right? It really is. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some people throughout the course of today. I mean, Josiah Gray pitched great last night. Yeah. And we kind of started to see a glimpse of, you know, all right, if he can put this together long term, there's something here. But that's so minuscule. You know, if you have to, you know, sports radio is so much fun, but it's also very challenging at times. You essentially walk in uh, with however long the length of your show is. And at the fan, most of them are four hours. Mm-hmm. It's four hours of a blank canvas. So you'll get Josiah Gray for maybe 10 to 15 minutes, maybe have a Nats guest on. So that'll kind of kick its way up to 25 minutes. But then you have three and a half other hours to fill. And you can only go so much on a guy that I think he went for 10 or 11 strikeouts uh, for a team that's like damn near 40 games over five. I believe they got themselves to 39 games under. 39. All right, there it is. Put the win over the Cubs last night. I think it puts them at 39. Yeah, there's just not – that great deal of interest that topic isn't going to keep sports radio listeners and there really is uh i don't know if it's a science necessarily but there is something like your job as a sports radio host is to be informative and entertaining and you can only make something like that so entertaining for so long so they'll probably talk a little bit about that but then yeah you're right like this team doesn't really have anything going for it Uh, i mean like there's really nothing going on here and i remember in years past when the team was good, you know, when Scherzer was doing nine to 10 strikeouts on a nightly basis and when Patrick Corbin wasn't the worst contract in baseball and all these different things going on, it was a fun team to beat around and a fun team to pay attention to. And unfortunately, the way that this particular sport goes, I mean, it feels like a lifetime. It was three years ago. It's a completely different ball club now. And I think this summer in particular has really showcased that. So what were your thoughts, you know, and what are the fans' thoughts on the trade? I mean, when, when, I, when I looked at it, you know, I was, I was pretty much thinking – beforehand, I actually thought they wouldn't, they wouldn't trade him until they sold the team. But they decided to do it and kind of maximize value, especially because it sounds like he's going to be going to free agency. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when I kind of looked at it every single day, I started with no, and then eventually I got to yes, they probably should do it, and they did, uh, you know, eventually do it. Uh, what was what was your thoughts on that, and what have been the fans' thoughts about it? I mean, I think it's pretty easy for fans generally to say, "Why would you let a generational player like that go?" Uh, but also at the same time, they're so bad at everything else that they needed everything else so badly. Where do the fans come down on it? Where do you come down on it? I think there was, you know, really interestingly, a fifty-fifty split. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if anybody was necessarily you know, furious. I think a lot of people said they were going to be more angry than they actually turned out to be. You know, there were people threatening, I'm going to leave the team. I'm going to go find like, no, you're not. What what are you going to go like pretend to be a diehard fan of the Orioles or something? I mean, certain people, if you're of a certain age can pull that. Well, I used to go to those games, but you know, most people really can't. I, for one, I didn't want them to trade him. Um, I don't know if I will ever fully, agree with the decision to trade him i mean you know time 
I guess time will heal all wounds. And, may, and there, you know, I got to be honest, there's a small part of me that thinks, you know, maybe just maybe once he hits free agency again or for the first time and there's new ownership, maybe someone's going to throw the bag at him because it's clear to me he didn't want to leave. And that to me has been the most frustrating thing of this entire really past four or five years with how the team has operated. If you think of how we, you know, focus on things in sports and maybe it's because you and I work in college and it seems like this is a much bigger topic of conversation, but everybody always preaches culture, right? And having guys that are bought into what you're trying to do. It seems like everybody that the Nats in terms of big players that they have let go with maybe the exception of Anthony Rendon, it seemed like he kind of had a foot out the door, but I don't think he hated being here. No. Uh, everybody wanted to stay. Like Trey Turner to me still doesn't fully look comfortable with the Dodgers. It feels like in interviews I can kind of hear some sentiments of him still wanting to be here. And we right. know Bryce Harper still wanted to be with the Nationals. The offer just wasn't up to par with what Scott Boris uh, was looking for. And the same thing with Juan Soto. When a guy tells you that he cried the entire day he knew he was being traded, there was something that he really enjoyed about being here in D.C. So that's been that's been kind of a struggle for me to come to grips with because we've had so many great players. Like the farm system has worked, and now they all play for other teams in spite of the fact that they all wanted to be here. So I guess that's a growing process that I have to do to figure out why it is that that is the case. They The farm system for such a long time worked, and then they just didn't want to pay anybody when it worked yeah. a little too well. So that's it raises a question of are we just going to go through this whole thing again if all of these prospects work out that we got from the Padres? Are we just going to go through this whole process again in the next six to seven years? Yeah, it's interesting because you know that, that farm system, like the one thing they did really well was hit on massive, I mean, massive stars. Right. Think about, I mean, Strasburg, like, like I know he's gone now. I, I, I know it's been awful. We all hate watching this. But I mean, the guy was a World Series MVP, you know, and 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 was and like was full. Nobody was like that. He didn't deserve it. I mean, fully deserving of that and the contract that he ended up getting. And then you get guys like obviously Juan Soto. They pull in the international, uh, you know, the international pool, and it's like, oh my god, they just nailed that one. Bryce Harper, another. I mean, they've nailed like some generational type talents, and right. I think Strasburg still deserves to be to be called that in terms of a talent. He was definitely that not necessarily manifested. They've always mixed that in with good signings. Um, But I I think, you know, we talk about the culture and the buy-in, like all of those people are gone. I mean, the only one left is really like in in the day-to-day, the only one left is Victor Robles. He's the only guy left. And it's like, you know, talk about championship culture. That guy makes more mistakes than anybody out there. Right. And, you know, Eric Fetty is still around, but he's, he's, you know, kind of struggled and he's he's injured right now. Joe Ross was around. He's injured. Um, you know, Sean Doolittle is, is, is he's been brought back and obviously he's been dealing with injuries as well. I mean, it, it, you know, Patrick Corbin, good Lord. You know, it's like they had a, they had this is a guy that was, you know, the first guy out of the bullpen for them as a, you know, was a starter, first guy out of the bullpen. And they just had to give this guy a rest because he's been he has been the worst starting pitcher in the end. I mean, it, it's like culturally it's just so different even though there are still some remnants um and i guess that's why you have to do the the juan soto trade because it's like they need i mean even if they signed him and and i think you brought up scott boris like that's a huge part of this too right his determination to take his guys to i mean set precedence right the scherzer the scherzer short-term deal 
set, send guys a free agency, Bryce Harper. Send a one set of free agency. This, this is what he does, and it does well for his clients. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, but, you know, it it's it's created this thing like the Nationals just, even if they re-signed him, and he's a great player, and you can build around somebody like that. But, like, what else was there? I mean, they had Josh Bell was great this year, and Juan Soto was still like performing relatively well. Actually, uh, you know, it was you know not good for him by his standards, but still pretty good. Right. And they were awful. They were horrible. <laughs> so it was it was one of those things you look at and you're like, man, you, you traded away a modern day superstar. But baseball's not like basketball. Right. It's not like football. I think football individual guys have more impact on games than than you know uh, than they do in baseball. It's just hard. And so I think that's a tough pill to swallow, but just with the culture and where the team was and everything, it sucks to watch another star walk away. And there was some mismanagement of the team. I'm not going to say that there wasn't, but it was a move they had to make. Yeah, they, they did. And I kind of came to grips with that. I, I mean, not a, like, I, I don't know if I'll ever again. And nobody it. should be a hundred percent with it. It sucks to watch 22 walk out the door and right. he might be the best hitter in the league right now. But it's something they had to do, and I think that's because ownership has never really been one to pay in free agency. And that bothers me a little bit because when you think of the city that we live in, is it New York or Los Angeles in terms of money? Not quite, but it's not like we're a small market, right? You know, right. we're not the Pirates or, or Tampa Bay, and those are all great cities, I'm sure. I've never been to Pittsburgh. I've heard nice things. Tampa, I think, is great. Um but like when you think of finances, the owners should be able to account for the money to Juan Soto. Like the craziest thing to me was it really wasn't that much money, all things considered. I mean, the way that it was leaked, and I have some thoughts on the way that it was leaked. The way that it was leaked was made to focus on the 440 number rather than like the 25 AAV and $25 million per year for, for one guy. I know it's not you know basketball or football, but in a sport where there's no salary cap, it's really not that much money. And I've always been frustrated with the learner's inability, lack of desire to go out and and pay for guys in free agency. I right. mean, so what if you're paying to win? If I'm paying to go to a damn baseball game, I would like to see them win. So if you're asking for fans to pay so much money, and it's expensive to go to a game nowadays, I mean, yes. how, like parking in itself is like $30, $40 around the stadium, which is just a absolute um it's a shame really and then the the prices inside the stadium if you're going to ask us for all this money i feel like the least that you could do is go and pay for some superstars and they've done a really really bad job of getting themselves extra income as far as owners are concerned like i love the name nats park but for the love of god put a sponsor on it right. i mean that's an extra 10 to 20 maybe even more uh, right. millions of dollars per year Get a better television deal. Like find a way to get out of the mass. Uh, the mass contract is horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. And NBC Sports Washington is sitting right there, and yeah. they do a pretty decent job, all things considered, when they broadcast Wizards and Caps, and when they do the uh, Commanders preseason games. I think they do a pretty good job. So they've really shot themselves in the foot, and now we're going to end up paying for it as fans for the next five to 10 years, even if they do end up selling the team in the near future. Yeah. I think that sale is, is going to be, is going to come here pretty soon. I, I think that'll be refreshing for Nats fans. And look, the learners did get a championship, right? It's it. I just think 
it's really difficult for Nationals fans to deal with the way that it ended. And I've said this a lot, Den, but I don't think Nats fans got to fully enjoy the championship. 100%. Just because, you know, I, I went to two Braves games, this is a bunch, went to two Braves games this year. Every Braves home game in some way, shape, or form is, is somehow has a celebration right. of last year's championship. And the Nationals were robbed of that with the COVID-shortened season. In 21, they were still, um, you know, they were still not full, uh, not full stands. And by the right. time there was, they were getting to the point of the season where the where they traded everybody. Yeah. So it does feel like that, that's, I think everything compounded. It was kind of a perfect storm in the imperfect way that led to where we are. But I think to be optimistic, like, you know, Josiah Gray is a good player, right? K-Bear Ruiz is somebody that, that we're, that we're kind of excited about. Um, and honestly now, like, CJ Abrams is called up last night mm-hmm. and we're going to get a whole lot of that. We're going to get a McKen- you know, Mackenzie Gore activation here soon. Robert Hassel just goes to double a uh, James Wood. I think will be you know soon to follow, kind of get a promotion to get bumped up. Cade Cavalli is going to be coming in soon. And so now oh. the nationals kind of get a reset and kind of nationals fans get to kind of see it all transpire in a different way. Now the slow build of right. getting guys and bringing up and bringing up exciting players. And knowing that that's going to happen and that we've gone through that before, I think has eased a little bit of the, the Soto fallout uh, because that is an exciting thing to kind of to pick up with, knowing that you can't go back. Like I can sit here and tell you all the reasons why I think they should have kept Juan Soto and we can go back and forth, but the reality is they didn't. And now they have all these guys, so I do think it'll be uh, small bits of excitement to see these guys come up and to see them have – some sort of success like the thing with Josiah Gray I almost feel bad that we don't care about the team right now because that's something that's cool when you when you have a guy that was a big part of that Scherzer you know he was one of the mainstays of that Scherzer Trey Turner deal to see him uh, showcase that he can be a guy that can go you know nine ten strikeouts in a game against the Cubs and I know the Cubs aren't very good but that's still something that should bring you know small elements of excitement to the fan base so I will admit, as we move forward here, it's something that I'm looking forward to because that was – I do remember what that was like when it was the eventual World Series team building up and seeing Juan Soto come up and then seeing Rendon and Harper and all these dudes. So I am excited for that when we eventually get to the point where we are more competitive. And it's hard to get worse. I mean, we're 39. Yeah, they're awful. for crying out <laughs> It's just awful to watch. Uh, um yeah, and it's like also the one thing too is like, who are you gonna buy a jersey for right now? I know, I know, it kind of sucks, but hopefully there'll be a bunch of guys if you're Nats fans, you know, you're gonna buy like who, like honestly, right now, if you to buy a jersey for one player, like who would you get a jersey for? Well, this, I mean, this is hilarious. So when they released the um, uh, the Bloom stuff, right, like the cherry blossom yeah. stuff, they had that huge party, and I just happened to be uh, in D.C. I think it was the day I was interviewing for the first time and meeting everybody at 1067 the fans so this was all the way back in either may or april whenever it was and i walked into the team store when they were doing this big party and i had to have a conversation with myself i'm like i see all these names up here do i go with juan soto who's my favorite baseball player ever or do I know that in the back of my mind he could eventually end up leaving? So I pulled the trigger on Ryan Zimmerman. I have the Zimmerman shirt. Mm. No, Ryan Zimmerman's not leaving. Like it, it's past that. He's not going to come back out of retirement and be like, you know what? I want to play for the Braves. It's not happening anymore. 
he can't leave. So I went and I picked the Ryan Zimmerman shirt up because I just didn't trust anybody else was going to be here for the long term to where I could wear that proudly. I understand. That makes sense. Uh, Denton, appreciate your time, man. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? You can hit me up on Twitter at the Denton Day. Catch me every now and then on 106.7 The Fan, whether it's way early in the morning doing updates or eventually uh, hosting some late night shows. Uh, um, we got we got a lot of young talent over there, so it's fun to, to be a part of that group. Awesome. Denton Day, 106.7 The Fan, Sirius XM, variety of places you guys can find them. Also, the Denton Day on Twitter. Appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it, Josh. Anytime.